and welcome to the Park to Park podcast, where we compare theme park offerings from coast to coast. We don't always see eye to eye, but in the end, we'll try. I'm your host, Allie, and as always, I'm joined by my dancing, eyebrow waggling, probably Instagramming <laughs> co-host, CJ. You're right. I am Instagramming. <laughs> You're not subtle about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you know what? You gotta do it for the gram. If you're not doing it for the gram, are you really doing it? I, I don't think so. I don't think you are. Anyways, how are you doing today, Allie? I'm doing great. We are on the cusp of a three-day weekend, so, Woo-woo. you know, I'm having a having a great time. It's Friday night. Yeah, yeah, it is Friday. Yay. How are you, CJ? I'm doing well over here. Cosmic Rewind opened today to the public, so mom and I went over. We got boarding group 12 somehow by some miracle so wow. we were yeah we were in the first group that was called back so we like rushed through really fast and blasted off into space I'm so <laughs> I, you were there with your children what did you do with them we did writer switch okay yeah so mom went on first and then we set up writer switch so I went on second through the lightning lane and then we were both off the ride by like 9 30 ish wow yeah, it's impressive. Park, the park opened at 8.30. We got over there at like 8.45. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I think the most important question, what song did you get? Oh, my gosh. I would have to look it up. Actually, Mom and I were discussing this, and I just pushed publish on a blog post discussing all of my thoughts. So if you want to read it, it's at theweeklymouse.com. Um, we were discussing how there's just so much going on between – The music, the dialogue, the motion of the ride, and the visuals that mom didn't even remember immediately afterwards what music, what song she got. If I looked at a track listing right now, like Cosmic Rewind songs, I would know what ride I got. Or I'm sorry, what song I got. I got Everybody Wants to Rule the World by Tears for Fears. All right. Everybody. You know that song? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's the song I got. Yeah. yeah. Well, I am staying spoiler free until my next trip to Florida in. Yeah. Then so, don't read my blog post because I'm very spoiler spoiler spoilerful everywhere. <laughs> All right. Yeah. If you if you have already been on the ride or don't care about spoilers, go check out CJ's blog post. Yeah. There's a lot of hot takes over there. So <laughs> my mom and I were not very friendly towards the ride. It's a good ride, but we have thoughts. As we as we always do, this is yes. the Park to Park podcast where our hot takes are hotter than Hades' hair in Hercules. It's a good one. Thank you. It was very alliterative too. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you everybody for joining us this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time you are listening to it. Uh, this episode, we are going to talk ourselves in circles. We're going to compare the carousels, the Mad Tea Party, and the Dumbo attractions at Disneyland and at Magic Kingdom. So let's start off with the carousel. CJ, what's your favorite thing about King Arthur Carousel at Disneyland? Yes, I noticed you said King Arthur Carousel. Hmm. Interesting name. We'll get into that in a little bit. So King Arthur Carousel at Disneyland, what I really like about it is it usually has a short wait. If it has a long wait, 
I'm sorry for all the other wait times at Disneyland that day that you're probably waiting <laughs> in. <laughs> and it just has that classic Disneyland feel. And I like that it's in the middle of the action of Fantasyland. And what, what about, about Magic you? Kingdom? Oh, Magic Kingdom. Well, yeah. what's it called at Magic Kingdom, Allie? The Prince Charming Regal Carousel at Magic Kingdom. Uh-huh. Hmm. I really like I really like the views of Cinderella Castle. Cinderella Castle, we've talked about views of Cinderella Castle before on this podcast. And I think from the carousel, you get some really awesome views of the castle. Yeah, you have a lot of opinions about the castle views, I've noticed. <laughs> I do. Well, the ca- the castle is huge at Magic Kingdom. And there's a lot of empty space surrounding the castle at Magic Kingdom. And I think from the carousel, it plays a really important role. That em- the empty space plays an important role because you get such an awesome view from the carousel. All right. Okay, your turn. Let's start with King Arthur Carousel for you. Uh, I like that Mary Poppins and her band will ride it sometimes. It's kind of like a little bonus experience if you catch it at just the right time. And you can even ride it, you know, when they're riding it too, which is, it's really cool when they get to do that. Um, and then also this applies to both carousels, but both carousels have horses that do not trigger my horse allergies. <laughs> That's true. This That's is true. very important for me. Yes. Yes. You're not allergic to the fake horses on the carousel. Yes. <laughs> what about Prince Charming Regal Carousel? What's your favorite thing about that carousel? Uh, now I'll admit I haven't been on it in a very, very long time. But I like that it's Cinderella themed. As we have already established on this podcast, Cinderella is my girl. She's my favorite princess. So, you know, her having an attraction themed to her is, I like that. You know, that's true. And that's something I didn't consider. Like, Cinderella is your favorite princess and she doesn't really have an attraction beyond the castle and the carousel. Yep. And Snow White's my favorite and she gets the mine train and then she has the dark ride in Disneyland. Plus, mm-hmm. she's got the grotto next to the wishing well, too. So, you just it's get almost like, It's almost like she's the first princess, so she gets everything she wants. <laughs> I feel like you're We're not going me. there again. We're not going there again. <laughs> wow. Okay. Wow. Disney, why don't you tell me when the uh, Prince Charming Regal Carousel opens? Well, at Magic Kingdom, it opened October 1st, 1971. And King Arthur Carousel opened at Disneyland on July 17th, 1955. They are both opening day attractions for their respective parks. Yep. And the King Arthur Carousel in Disneyland is kind of smack in the middle of Fantasyland. So it's, it's the first thing that you see, really, when you walk through the castle. You're just met with the... Carousel. Wow, I almost called it a Ferris wheel. <laughs> Both of them go around, but they are very different attractions. <laughs> yes. Um, so while you're riding the carousel, you can see the Sword in the Stone, the queue entrance for Peter Pan, a lot of the t- queue for Mr. Toad. You can see the Dumbo ride. Uh, you can see Pinocchio and Snow White. And you can also see a little bit of the Casey Jr. Circus Train, Monstro, the Whale, and the Castle. Yeah, and then Magic Kingdom, it's also pretty much in the same spot, smack dab in the middle of Fantasyland. Not, uh, it's not really part of 
like new fantasy land, like the storybook area, but like classic fantasy land. And as you spin, you can see the castle, Philhar Magic, Pinocchio Village House, and Princess Fairy Tale Hall, as well as the sea of strollers that they park right <laughs> behind the carousel. <laughs> yeah, the the views for Disneyland, it's all the Fantasyland facades and the queues and the entire Dumbo ride because it's it's right there. Yeah, so. I'm noticing that at Disneyland, it seems like you get to see a lot more rides as you spin around. Yeah, it's. I feel that comes down to Disneyland being a lot more densely packed. It's, and Disneyland just has a lot more dark rides than Magic Kingdom does. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when they redid Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom, they got rid of a lot of their classic dark rides in, in exchange for, yeah, in exchange for like meet and greets and, and other things. So, all right, let's talk about how many horses, special horses, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so there's, um, at Disneyland, there are 68 horses. Each of them have has its own name. And if you're interested, you can get a list of the horse names at City Hall on Main Street. Hmm. The carousel... The carousel itself was built in 1922 and was originally located in Sunnyside Beach Park in Toronto, Canada, but it was relocated to Disneyland in 1954. The original carousel had three rings of horses, which are called courses. So it originally had three courses, but it was expanded to four, and the horses were acquired from other carousels around North America. When, uh, do you know when the fourth course was added was that added when it was like moved to disneyland or i believe so i believe it was added um before disneyland opened okay that would make sense um so the horses that they added were refurbished um some of them even to the point of having their legs removed and re-added later so that they could be carved into jumping horses instead of standing horses i feel like a carousel with standing horses would look really bizarre it's, it's a little lackluster, I think. Yes. Well, because if the carousel is supposed to be, you know, carousels move. And yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Horses aren't standing on conveyor belts. Like, they, they move. Anyways. There also, there were originally a variety of animals, but Walt Disney wanted everyone to ride a galloping horse like King Arthur. Maybe mm. that explains the name. Maybe. Um, there were also originally 71 horses and one mule. Okay. Uh, one of the rows of horses was removed in 2003 um, during a refurbishment where they added a full row of benches and a ramp, which brought the horse total to 68 as we know it today. Cool. Awesome. So over at Magic Kingdom, there's 90 wood carved horses and each horse is unique. So the capacity there is a little bit higher. It was built in 1917 by the Philadelphia Toboggan Company. However, it started as the Liberty Carousel at Belle Isle Park in Detroit, Michigan. Then it moved to Olympic Park in New Jersey before Disney acquired it. It opened in in Disney World in 1971, and it's real 23-karat gold on those horses. And this carousel has five courses, so it's five rings of horses. And it has 2,300 lights, so at night when it's shining and beautiful and bright 2300 lights are lighting it up those are some bright horses some bright horses (laughs) yes 
So at Disneyland, um, Walt had a favorite horse, and this horse is named Jingles. Um, and Jingles is so named because of its ornate Jingle Bell carvings. Uh, as a result, Jingles is also the most popular horse, and it's the one that Mary Poppins rides when she gets to ride the carousel. Yeah, I feel like people fight over Jingles. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even try. You know, if it happens, it happens, but it's not worth fighting over a carousel horse. Yeah. For Disneyland's 50th anniversary, Jingles was actually removed, trimmed an 18-karat gold leaf, and made into a photo op outside the ride. Um, and upon replacement, Jingles was refurbished and add, added some Mary Poppins touches, including the initials J.A., which stands for Julie Andrews, who, as we know, played Mary Poppins in the original Mary Poppins movie. And Jingles was dedicated to Julie Andrews in 2008. There we go. Another one more fun fact before we move on to Magic Kingdom. The carousel was moved in 1983 to make room for new attractions in Fantasyland. Yeah, Fantasyland had that huge refurbishment in 1983. A lot of stuff got moved around at Disneyland. All of the attractions that we talk about in this episode were moved in 1983. Wow, that's a really cool fun fact, actually. (laughs) That's really interesting. So in Magic Kingdom... Uh, The carousel went through a name change up until 2010. It was called Cinderella's Golden Carousel. So it was renamed during Fantasyland's refurbishment. So Fantasyland at Magic Kingdom also went through a refurbishment. And during this time, the carousel was given a backstory, believe it or not. So it kind of goes like this. After Cinderella got married, peace reigned in the kingdom. So with With there being peace in the kingdom, the prince didn't need to practice jousting anymore, so he created a carousel to practice ring spearing instead. And the village people loved that activity so much, he created one for them to practice on as well. They can't (laughs) sing YMCA all the time. The village people need to ride a carousel, too. (laughs) Wow, that's a bad joke, Allie. That's really bad. You're, You're the one who wrote the village people loved it so much. The people who live in Cinderella's village? I don't, I the, don't know. The villagers? The villagers. Perhaps. Okay, the villagers. Thank you. You're welcome. Anywho, the carousel in Magic Kingdom has two R's in its spelling, not one. Um, and that's the French way to spell carousel because the Disney movie Cinderella is based on the French adaptation or the French version. And there's rumors that Cinderella's horse is on the carousel at Magic Kingdom, and it has a golden bow on it. But there's also rumors that state it's not her horse because it's in the middle of a row of horses, and she wouldn't ride in the middle of the pack. She would be like a lead horse. And also, Cinderella never rode a horse in the movie. So there's conflicting reports on whether or not that's her horse. And the King Arthur Carousel at Disneyland is also spelled with two R's, though I don't have any information as to why. Just weird Disney things. Just It's just the way it is. It is just the way it is. So at Disneyland, the there are some hand-painted vignettes at the top of the carousel. There are nine of them, and they depict scenes from Sleeping Beauty. Not from Sword in the Stone, not from any King Arthur legend. This is King Arthur Carousel. We depict scenes from Sleeping Beauty. The roof of the carousel was replaced, surprise, surprise, in 1983. Uh, It's purple and blue, probably actually pink and blue if it's Sleeping Beauty. I don't know, but it's also King Arthur. Anyways, it has a crest on it as well with a red lion. 
there are some hedges around the carousel and the sword and the stone is right there bringing us back to king arthur i think this carousel's just confused anyways the sword and the stone used to have a little show where merlin would find the guest who would become king for the day because king arthur was on vacation the last show was in 2006 but in January 2020, apparently the real King Arthur showed up and the, <laughs> pulled the sword out of the stone. I remember apparently. that. And then like two months later, the parks closed and that news kind of got buried. Yeah, under understandably. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, at Magic Kingdom, there's 18 hand-painted scenes from Cinderella up top. The tent outside or up above is like this patterned, multicolored tent with some Renaissance fair style flags around the outside. There's a flower bed surrounding the queue, and they also have a sword in the stone photo op outside. I don't know the last time they did the sword in the stone show. I'm assuming it's been a very long time, just like at Disneyland. But it's a photo op now, and sometimes there's a photo pass cast member out there to take your picture. As far as music goes, Disneyland has a Wurlitzer number 157 band organ, but it doesn't actually operate. It's kind of just there for show. Um, And the soundtrack to the carousel is organ music of Disney songs. I wonder why it doesn't play. Like, is it broken or they just, like, made it not play? I don't know. This also made me realize there's a lot of organs in Disneyland. Yes. I can think of three off the top of my head, two of which are in Fantasyland. I can think of four. Where's the fourth one? There's one in that shop in the back of Frontierland. Oh, Pioneer. I never would have come up with that. You know what I'm talking about? The Pioneer Mercantile? Is that I know what story? I know what story you're talking about, but I can't visualize any instruments I don't know in there. I don't know if that's actually an organ, but like you put a coin in it and it plays music. You know? And then, of course, the third one is in the Haunted Mansion. Oh, that wasn't what I was thinking of either. Oh, really? I was What's thinking, the other one? I don't know if these are actually organs or not. <laughs> I should I should backtrack my statements here. The two that I'm thinking of that you're not thinking of, I don't know if these are actually organs, but they're unique musical instruments okay. you, that you put coins in and they play and they're very loud. There's the one in the Pioneer Mercantile in Frontierland, and then there's the one in the candy shop on Main Street. Okay, I can, I don't know if they're organs either, because I can't pull up the visuals of them in my head to be like, oh yeah, that's an organ. But like, you saying the- Calliope? Like, a, Is it called Calliope, the one in the candy be. shop on Main Street? That sounds right. I can, I can hear it. Yeah. I can hear it going from quiet to really loud. Yes. And the one in Frontierland is similar. So I'm going to correct that. There is like five really unique instruments in Disneyland. Three of which. At least. Yeah. Three of which. Two of which are in Fantasyland. Yeah. And so that means three of them are in attractions if you count the organ in Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Which I do. That's interesting. Anyways, back to the carousel. Yes. Magic Kingdom, I don't believe it has an actual organ in it, but it does play similar music. It's just an organ version of Disney songs, basically. Yeah. During fireworks, the carousel at Disneyland is closed. At Magic Kingdom, I was having a very hard time finding if it closes because everything I was finding was saying, like, the area between the carousel and the class and the castle closes. 
I was like, well, that doesn't tell me if the carousel is included in that, but I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure it closes. I'm not 100% sure. And during rain, the King Arthur carousel is open. And we mentioned this because it becomes relevant later in this episode. Yes, it does. Magic Kingdom carousel also remains open. At Disneyland, um, there, there were apparently always bench seats or one like row of bench seats. Um, but in 2003, the, there was a refurbishment um, where the bench was expanded and made to meet ADA compliance. And it's, I guess, a chariot or something now. Um, anyways, and if you're an adult and you don't feel like climbing on the back of a horse, you can stand. Uh, you can, you just have to stand between the horses. Yeah, it's pretty much the same thing at Magic Kingdom. There is bench seating available and you can stand between the horses, but not on the outside. The queue at Disneyland wraps around and within the hedges, but is and is mostly in shade. Yep, same thing at Magic Kingdom, pretty much. Wraps around the front and the side. If the line is short, you can get undercover, but if it's long, it'll be outside and in the sun. And I've seen it get that long, especially when the parks first reopened from the COVID closure and they were doing like the six feet spacing and the line was long, you could be standing outside in the sun. I don't want to be standing outside in the sun in the Florida heat for too long. No. And as far as photo ops go, Disneyland, you have the sword in the stone. Yep, Magic Kingdom, you also have the sword in the stone photo opportunity. And then, of course, I think for both of them, if you're sitting on a horse on the ride, it's a yeah. pretty good photo op. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. <laughs> and then there is no lightning lane at Disneyland. Frankly, where would you put it? Yeah, same for Magic Kingdom. Just not going to happen. So we kind of rapid fired that, and it's time for the carousel showdown. The carousel showdown. A horse then... battle. <laughs> Let's ride our horses to battle, joust each other. Yeah, it's the carousel joust for this yes. one. Yes. So we kind of broke this down to a couple of the, you know, a lot of this, it's hard to pick the ones to compare, the categories to compare. But we ended up settling on two of them. Uh, first one is views. CJ, which one is the winner for views? I think Magic Kingdom is the winner for views because I know I kind of hate on Magic Kingdom for having a lot of open space in certain areas of the park. But I think for the carousel, it plays in its favor because you're not looking at things right up close to you when you're on the ride. Like that open space is kind of nice to look at when you're on the ride. Um, so for that, I'm giving it to Magic Kingdom. All right. Um, I'll be honest. I was at Magic Kingdom a couple months ago and I don't think I even saw the carousel. Really? Okay. I I could not tell you. Although you can see Philhar Magic and I went to Philhar Magic. So I probably did see the carousel and just kind of glazed over it. Yes, probably. I think I'm going to give this one to Disneyland because you kind of can get a preview of the other rides in Fantasyland. So it kind of hypes up like, oh, we can do this one. We can do that one. We can do this one. You know what? That's a good point. And I remember being on on, on the Disneyland one saying, oh, look, Pinocchio doesn't have a short or doesn't have a long line. Let's go on that one. We're off of this one. Yeah. <laughs> We've totally done that before. <laughs> we absolutely have. Yeah. What's our next category we're rating these on? Our next category is appearance, uh, meaning the scenes that are depicted above 
uh, the tent color, the shields, sword, etc. And my winner for this one is going to be Magic Kingdom, just because there's more to it. There's more to look at. It's There's 18 of them versus nine. I mean, that's just basic math. Yeah, I'm going to go with Magic Kingdom for that one as well. And it's not necessarily that it's better than Disneyland. I think it's weird that Disneyland is called King Arthur Carousel, and yet everything about the ride is Sleeping Beauty pictures. Yeah, it kind of has an identity crisis. It does, and I don't really understand that. Like, the sword and the stone outside is relating to King Arthur, but the ride is sleep, like Sleeping Beauty pictures. I don't understand that. The ride is called King Arthur. It's, it's yeah. an identity crisis. It yeah. doesn't know what it wants to be. But then we've got Prince Charming's carousel over here, which the pictures relate to Cinderella. It makes sense. Yeah, it's cohesive. It is, yeah. So I'm going to give it to Magic Kingdom just for the cohesiveness. All right, so your clear winner on this one is Magic Kingdom. Yeah, so for like the final, final showdown, it's got to go to Magic Kingdom for me. Yeah, and although I was split on our categories, I do think I'm going to give it to Magic Kingdom. The deciding factor really really being the size and the capacity. There's more Mm -hmm. horses and more opportunities to ride at Magic Kingdom than there are at Disneyland. Let's move on to our next attraction. Our next attraction is the Mad Tea Party. Woohoo! And these both have the same name at both parks, so that's yeah. easy. Yeah, nice and easy to remember. Yes. My favorite thing about the Mad Tea pa- Mad Tea Party at Disneyland is just the vibe of the area. You know you're in Wonderland because you're surrounded by Wonderland. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. What about you? Well, at Disneyland, it's kind of, for our guests who have never been, it's the teacup area is sunken a little bit. When you get in the queue, it kind of, the ramp kind of goes down. I don't know. What do you think? Like it goes down like five or six feet? Down, down, down. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it reminds me a little bit. It makes you feel small compared to the surrounding area, especially with Matterhorn towering up in the background. So it reminds me of the part in the movie where... Alice shrinks down a little bit. So I think that gives it a little bit of a story beyond just spinning in a teacup. And my favorite thing about the teacups at Magic Kingdom is the shade. <laughs> yeah, that's a big plus. Yeah. What about yeah. you? Well, besides the shade, I like the design on the teacups. The actual artwork on the outside of the teacups is different than at Disneyland. And I think it's a little more retro, and I just happen to personally like that design better. Uh, when I went on it, my eyes just kind of glazed over the design because it's just, you know, I've been on the teacups at Disneyland so often that I was just like, oh, yeah, it's the teacups. Really? You didn't notice a difference? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we were also in a competition against you, so yes, we were true. like, let's get on, let's make sure we get in a purple one, and let's go. Purple? Why purple? Because purple is Kirsten's favorite color. The Mad Tea Party at Disneyland opened on July 17th, 1955. Another opening day attraction. Woo woo. Mm-hmm. However. Yeah, it closed in 1982 and reopened in 1983 when they moved it. Yeah. I was going to get into that later. Oh, sorry. But this, one, okay. had, this one had a pretty big move, though. Yeah, it moved from sort of where Dumbo is now almost 
Mm-hmm. And it, it shifted over to its current location. Yeah. And when the carousel moved, it just shifted like backwards a little bit. Yeah. It, so I think it moved like the carousel maybe moved 20 feet. Yeah. Versus this was like around, around the corner, like a pretty big move. Yeah. Yeah. So at Magic Kingdom, this is also an opening day attraction, October 1st, 1971. And of course, both of these are in Fantasyland. At Disneyland, you're in the you're near the Storybook Land Canal Boats, the Alice in Wonderland ride, the Matterhorn, and the Mad Hatter Shop. Yeah, Magic Kingdom, obviously Fantasyland. It's near the Tomorrowland border, but also close to that Storybook Circus Subland area. Kind of by Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, Winnie the Pooh, and Tomorrowland Speedway is right over there on the border. What I find interesting is both of these are kind of on the Tomorrowland border. Yeah, I mean, for Disneyland, you do have that Matterhorn buffer for yeah. until you get to Tomorrowland. Yeah. But yeah, they are both very close to Tomorrowland. Yeah, here there's no buffer because it's like the Speedway. Yeah. You could throw a rock at the Speedway. And then when you're on the Mad Tea Party at Disneyland, you get a few of the Storybook Land Canal Boats, the Alice in Wonderland ride, the Matterhorn, the Mad Hatter Shop, and if you time it right, the parade. Yeah, and then at night they have the lanterns overhead that change color, and it's so pretty. Yeah, I was going to get into that later. Sorry, sorry. We talk it's about just... covered versus uncovered. Sorry. <laughs> that really makes me happy. It's, so, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to ride. It really is. It really is. At Magic Kingdom, it's mostly covered because of the shade structure, so you don't really see anything directly above you except the shade structure. But you can see, like, parts of Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, like the mountain, and, like, parts of Tomorrowland Speedway, but you can't really see too much outside. There's oftentimes, like, family members, like, right along the edge that you're staring at as you as you spin by. Yeah, I do feel like that is sometimes the case at Disneyland, too. Yeah. There's that, there's that little nook uh, yes. on the corner opposite, kind of almost opposite the... Um, like the control booth? Yeah, I, the, the control cottage, because yes, it is a little it, cottage. It is a cottage, yeah. Yeah, there's, it's like a little bench nook, and there's a, it's shaded and really nice. Yeah, that's a cool little area. So at Disneyland, the teacups are uncovered, which poses a problem, but they do, as CJ mentioned, have these beautiful lanterns overhead, and they light up at night. Yeah. Remember the glow with the show ears? Yeah. I have a pair. I know you do. So the glow with the show ears, for our listeners who don't know, it was this piece of technology that Disney was trying to make a thing, but they faded away pretty fast, I think. They lasted, what, a couple years? And they kind of well, gave they up. Did, they did have two iterations of it. The ears okay. that I have are very big, clunky, and heavy. Yeah. The second iteration, they did a lot better. They're a lot lighter. I okay. don't think they ever had a third iteration. So the technology is basically like the glowing element communicates with certain attractions and shows to like glow with the show. They change colors mm-hmm. and stuff. Were Did those ears glow with the teacups? Not that remember? I know of. Okay. I, I, I think it was primarily World of Color and the Paint the Night Parade that this was implemented for. Okay, because I remember they glowed with some stuff in Cars Land. Like, I remember they would change red, white, and green over at Luigi's. Oh, cute. Yeah. Yeah, I was just curious. Anyways, um, so we talked about uh, Magic Kingdom being covered. They also have lanterns that glow, but I feel like 
the glowing effect isn't like the light color changing effect isn't as strong because they have like regular white lights as well to make it so that people can see a little better. Mm-hmm. It's not like darkness up ahead or up above. And because Disneyland is uncovered, if it rains, the teacups will close. Um, and this is because of the turntable function. It gets it's either too dangerous or it just stops working when there's water in it. Yeah. So rain, no go. Yeah, and the Magic Kingdom teacups stay open during the rain. So So I have a I have a bone to pick with Disney here. By the time they've refurbed and relocated the teacups in 1983, they had 30 years to to realize that the teacups needed to close in the rain. And they had 12 years of having a cover over it at Magic Kingdom. Why didn't they build a cover when they relocated the teacups in 1983 and solved this problem? Well, I'm going to take you back to season one where we talked about how little rain Orange County, California gets. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it doesn't rain that much. I mean, it doesn't rain now. that much, but Disneyland is really fun to go to in the rain. As long as the teacups aren't your number one priority, I guess. Yes, I think you answered your own question. <laughs> Who's priority? Whose number one priority is the teacups? People who really like Alice in Wonderland. Okay, I guess they have. So. There's, I guess, I mean, it might be their number two priority, but it's still a top priority if you really okay. like Alice in Wonderland. Okay, okay, moving I on. I would also, I would also say that the Mad Hatter would prioritize the Mad Tea Party. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Talk to me about how many teacups are at Magic Kingdom, CJ. There are 18 teacups. There's, you know, one giant turntable with three turntables. So there's six teacups per turntable for a total of 18. The design of the teacups are more of like a Mary Blair style design. It's like a simple, whimsical sketch on the outside where the teacup is a solid color. And then there's a second color for the sketch outside. It's like a... I don't know. To me, it's like a whimsical, simple sketch, if that makes sense. The teacup, I'm sorry, there's a multicolored, like, swirly pattern on the floor. The tent up above is two-toned with pattern lights hanging. Um, and then in the middle is a teapot with the dormouse who pops up every now and then. There's stylized leaves outside the attraction that complement the style on the teacups. Like Magic Kingdom, Disneyland also has 18 teacups. It's the same turntable pattern as well. Uh, one of the teacups, however, was painted gold and has stayed such since the 50th anniversary. Like the design is gold, not the... Yeah, like... it's not like it's not like an entire gold teacup. <laughs> okay, like, I was trying to be kind of tacky. Um, <laughs> no, it's the, the artwork is gold. The platform um, originally had no color, but was painted in a psychedelic spiral of pink and purple, kind of reminiscent of the Cheshire Cat. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The teacups are brightly colored. Uh, Some of them are solid colored with a stripe of white at the top, but most have some sort of emblem on them. And looking at them, it kind of reminds me of like the suits you'd see on a deck of cards. Um, Mm. But there's like a tulip, there's a heart, and the heart always, always reminded me of the Powerpuff Girls. If you see it, you know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, there's one that's got a daisy. I want to say there's like a clubs, like the suit of cards. Yeah. Yeah. Bunch of bunch of patterns. And it also has the stylized leaves surrounding the ride. 
And I like how it matches the attraction next door to the Alice in Wonderland attraction. Yeah. It kind of brings the whole area together. It's kind of, that whole corner is kind of an Alice in Wonderland corner with the Mad Tea Party, with the Alice in Wonderland ride, and with the Mad Hatter shop. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really cool. Now, I watched a ride through. So, I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure at Disneyland, when you're riding the teacups, you get the unbirthday song on repeat over and over again. And it's the only song that you listen to. I mean, listen, if I was in that area and I was listening to the music, I would know, like, I would be able to hum the song, but I can't think off the top of my head, oh, this is the such and such song. Like, I would just know what's going on in my head. I would be able to sing along with it. You know, the thing with the Mad Tea Party, the line from the movie is, we're all mad here. Well, if you weren't mad before, you're mad now because you've been hearing the unbirthday song on the loop the entire time. You've been waiting in line. Yeah. And now you're on the ride and we're all mad. I know. Okay. Those, those poor ride operators. So at Magic Kingdom, they actually have different songs. It's not the same loop. I, I did notice that when I was over there. I was like, oh, these are different songs. And it's a longer music loop. So I'm not, I was having a hard time finding what the music loop was what songs were included in there but it is different and it is longer when it comes to the entertainment disneyland's mad tea party is right next to the parade route so you can well i guess there's going to be hordes of people between you and the parade especially because you're lower Mm -hmm. but you can in theory see the parade from riding the teacups yeah you can see the taller floats for sure at Magic Kingdom, you can't see the parades. You're way too far back from the parade route. The fireworks view would be blocked by the canopy, so you can't see anything. At Disneyland, the queue, you are going downhill and you are going in switchbacks. <laughs> They're really tight switchbacks. They really are. This, you know, this. I know the attraction was moved in the 80s, but it was built in the 50s, and they just didn't. Nobody foresaw how the capacity would need to increase yeah how it popular disney would disneyland would be so many years it, later yeah, yeah it yeah. was not built for 2000 crowds it was built yeah. for 1950s 1980s crowds so right right magic kingdom's queue is pretty much covered it winds around the side of the teacup area in switchbacks and it's flat yep and it's flat at disneyland as we previously mentioned the teacups moved uh they were almost where dumbo is now and they got moved over to their current location they used to have a direct line of sight to the castle that would have been a cool view because you could have like flown up high and and i'm I'm sorry not in the teacups not in the teacups i saw the the word dumbo and i thought oh cool you fly up high never mind forget it okay cj where's dumbo today do you have a direct line of sight on sleeping beauty castle when you ride dumbo today yes yes Yes, you do (laughs) It's been too long. I'll be there in two months, okay? All right. Um, And then, as previously mentioned, the Golden Teacup was added for the 50th anniversary. And we could not find stats on how fast the teacups go, other than the fact that your individual teacup, you control the speed of that. Yeah. And you know what? I'm pretty sure Magic Kingdom goes faster. Every time I ride it, I'm like, this feels like it goes faster. Like, I think I, I have an easier time spinning the Magic Kingdom teacups. This is you know, purely based on experience. <laughs> the last several times I've been on the teacups, the last several most memorable times I've been on the teacups at either coast, 
I've just sat back and let Kirsten do the spinning. And she gets us going real fast. Okay, so personally, I'm pretty sure Magic Kingdom goes faster. The canopy at Magic Kingdom didn't exist until 1973, so it took them a couple years. So those first couple years, people's biscuits were burning on those teacups, I'm pretty sure. And or it closed when it rained in Florida, which, as we know, is a lot more often than it does yeah. in California. Just like every day during the summer. Yep. Anyways, there is, I learned this recently, um, there's a quote on a leaf outside of the teacups at Magic Kingdom. And I've seen it before and I didn't realize what it was. So thanks to touringplans.com for this information. Randy Pausch is the co-author of the book, The Last Lecture. He was an Imagineer for a while. He did some work with the um, Imagineering team in the virtual reality field. Um, but there's a quote by him that says, be good at something. It makes you valuable. Have something to bring to the table because that will make you more welcome. So, you know, I thought that there were just these quotes from different people on random leaves around the Mad Tea Party. And I had I hadn't really taken the time to read the quote. I just registered my brain registered, oh, there's a quote on a leaf. There must be other quotes around here. But it's just this quote by Randy Pausch, the co-author of the last lecture. And they put it there, you know, in his memory mm-hmm. because, you know, he's important to the Walt Disney Company and he wrote the book. So yeah, I'm gonna go look for that next time I'm in the park now that I know the backstory on it. And I didn't realize he was an Imagineer. I just knew him from the last lecture. Yeah, yeah, he was for a short time, but yeah. In terms of photo opportunities, there is a, at Disneyland, a nearby teacup where you can sit and have a photo op. Uh, Sometimes there will be a photo pass photographer there. And there's also good vantage points around the ride to take pictures of the ride and of the rest of the park. Well, not the entire rest of the park, but like the Matterhorn and Monstro and things like that. Yeah. So at Magic Kingdom, there's no teacup nearby to sit in like there is at Disneyland, but there's a gold, uh, one of the 50th golden statues that they've created for the 50th anniversary. There's a couple of those nearby and you can get right up next to the fence, just like Disneyland. So you can take some really great pictures of the ride itself. And there's a lot of shrubbery surrounding the ride. So, you know, shrubbery makes for nice pictures. (laughs) Yeah, and I will also point out that the 50th anniversary golden statues are thematically appropriate. There's the Cheshire Cat and the Mad Hatter. Yes, yes. At Disneyland, there is no lightning lane. Like with the carousel, where would you put it? And at Magic Kingdom, there is lightning lane offered for this attraction. It's one of those that's pretty easy to get. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) yes Yes. it is. So that wraps us for the Mad Tea Party. It's time for... The Teacup Showdown? What? What's a fun name for this? The Battle um, of the Tea Parties? The Orlando Anaheim Tea Expo? I don't know. <laughs> I was going for, like, the Boston Tea Party. I don't know. Well, then it's the Mad Tea Party. I don't have... My creativity is, like, dwindling today, apparently. Apparently. I was relying <laughs> on you for this one. Did so well on the first one. All right, category number one, uh, we have the views. Um, And I think for me, I'm going to give this one to Disneyland because you 
don't have to struggle to see things. Um, there's no canopy shade blocking your view of anything else in the park. Yeah, 100%. It's going to go to Disneyland. You, you got the Matterhorn right there. You have the Alice in Wonderland ride right there. The views are gorgeous. All right. And then our next category is design. CJ, I already know your opinion on this. You kind of mentioned it earlier, but tell us a little bit more. I'm going to go with Magic Kingdom. The Disneyland design on the teacups, it looks a little 90s to me. I don't know. It doesn't look very... I mean, it looks retro, but in a bad way. Like, it doesn't look retro cool. (laughs) Whereas I think Magic Kingdom's looks retro cool. All right. And I just went ahead and looked up the Magic Kingdom teacups because, like I said earlier, I I just kind of glazed over them. (laughs) Um, they kind of look like child's drawings to me, honestly. Like, that's Mary Blair style, though. No, but they look like scribbles for the most part. (sighs) Oh, I'm sorry. You're hurting my feelings. I think I have to give this one to Disneyland as well. I think that they are cleaner. And also, I've got, I'm looking at one picture from allears.net of Disneyland and one picture from insidethemagic.net of Magic Kingdom, and they're side-by-side on this Google image result. And just the Disneyland version feels more welcoming. So, final, final, final teacup showdown. For me, it goes to Disneyland, despite the fact that it closes in the rain. um, It's just, to me, it feels better themed within the land, and I like the way it looks. Okay, and I'm going to split from you and go with Magic Kingdom because I really like the design on the teacups. I think it's cool that the Dormouse comes up every now and then. I like that it's shaded, and I like that you don't hear the same song over and over and over again. However, I do think that Disneyland, the view is really fantastic. And you have to give some credit to the surrounding area theme. It's an Alice Corner. Yeah, the Alice Corner is like the one thing that Disneyland has going for it. I'll give it that. Everything else. The lanterns are cool too. The Alice Corner and the lanterns I'm giving to Disneyland. But everything else goes to Magic Kingdom and that's why the scales are tipping to Magic Kingdom for me. Okay. Okay. So, CJ, you mentioned the Dormouse in the middle of the teacups. Yes. What other ride has a mouse at its center? Dumbo, the flying elephant. Indeed. Uh, 10 points to Gryffindor. Uh, You got that one right. (laughs) Wow. Are you a Gryffindor? I don't actually know. I don't know either. Okay. We'll we'll call it Gryffindor for now and amend it after we've properly sorted you later. Okay. Okay. Um, So at both parks, it is called Dumbo, the flying elephant. CJ, tell me your favorite thing about Dumbo at Disneyland. This is very random, but I like that when you enter the queue, you walk close, you go right by Monstro and the rocks and that fountain back there. Like that's that little waterfall fountain thing you don't see unless you enter the Dumbo queue. I'd forgotten about that until you mentioned it, honestly. See, you don't see that unless you enter the Dumbo queue. Uh, My favorite thing about Dumbo at Disneyland is just kind of the memories of riding it throughout the years as a kid. And as a teenager and as an adult, yeah, um, just all of the all of the good times. It's fun. It is fun. It's just pure fun. Yeah. Magic Kingdom. 
I like that there are two Dumbos. Dueling Dumbos, we call them. And for me, I really like the queue at the Magic Kingdom Dumbo. Not just the fact that it's covered, because you know you know me at this point, I am always seeking shade. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that it is more than just a stand in line and shuffle forward. Mm-hmm. And CJ, you're going to talk about that later, right? Yes. Okay, so I will leave it at that for now. Okay. Disneyland. Dumbo opened... August 16th, 1955. It was supposed to be an opening day attraction, but due to technical difficulties, it was delayed by about a month. Hmm. Um, Like the other two rides in this episode, it was closed and moved between 1982 and 1983. All right. Do you know, like, where where it was originally located? I do know where it was originally located. (laughs) Thank you for asking. It... So... There is a walkway that connects Fantasyland and Frontierland. That's where Dumbo was, on the Fantasyland side of that walkway. Right, and that walkway was, like, non-existent. Yeah, non-existent. Okay, cool. So at Magic Kingdom, it opened October 1st, 1971. So it was an opening day attraction for Magic Kingdom. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was not quite an opening day attraction Yeah, there were some technical difficulties. Um, One of them, I don't think the effect was ever ended up being implemented, but what they wanted to do was have hinges on the ears so that when you were flying, the ears would flap. That's so cute. Yeah, it's a shame it didn't work. Yep. So as expected, uh, this ride is in Fantasyland and it is currently located behind the carousel uh, near the Casey Jr. Circus Train. And Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. In Magic Kingdom, it's in the Storybook Circus area, which is, again, that sub-land of Fantasyland. It's close to Big Top Souvenirs, Goofy's Barnstormer, Casey Jr.'s Splash and Soak Station, and the Fantasyland Train Station. And right behind it is Tomorrowland Speedway. So it's kind of like geographically on the border of Tomorrowland. But I'm noticing that they're both right next to a Casey Jr. connection. So Which makes that. sense. It makes sense for the movie, right? Yeah. For the circus stuff. And Casey Jr. is in the Dumbo movie. Really? I don't remember that part. Yeah. That's, okay. That is that is the train that moves the circus. And he goes, I think I can. I think I can. I thought that I was a I short. Can. It's been way too long since I've seen Dumbo. <laughs> it is in the full-length Dumbo movie. Original okay. animated. I haven't seen the remake. I haven't either. <laughs> When you are flying in on the back of your flying elephant at Disneyland, you get a view of pretty much all of Fantasyland. You can see Sleeping Beauty Castle, and you get a really unique view of the Storybook Land Canal boats and the Casey Jr. Circus Train ride, which I gotta say, I feel like people forget that ride exists. I think it's making a comeback. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, it's making a comeback. At Magic Kingdom, you can see mostly the Storybook Circus area, and off in the distance, you can see the castle. Question. Other than rides that are completely indoors, is there any ride that you can't see the castle from at Magic Kingdom? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I was Mad Tea Party? Correct. I know, I asked a really hard question. Yeah, this is not a fair question to just throw at me. Okay, well... Go to Magic Kingdom, make your park reservation, do some research, and come back to me. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, we'll determine the answer to that later. You I'm making not a really to... ugly thinking face. I'm sorry, I'm so tired, and you're making me like run through the rides in my head. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can see CJ's really ugly thinking face. <laughs> <laughs> All okay. right, let's let's move on. That Disneyland Dumbo originally opened with eight. I'm sorry, with ten elephants, and it was updated in 1990 to have 16 of them. Wow, they waited until 1990? Apparently. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I There may have been a gap, probably in the 80s, where they increased it from 10, but it didn't go to 16 until 1990. Wow. The color palette is eight-color rainbow palette, and it's kind of meant to represent the pink elephants on the parade. It's not just Dumbo, but it's all of the elephants that Dumbo is hallucinating. Oh, I see, I see. There's also a gold Dumbo that was created for the 50th. Magic Kingdom. So, you know, they definitely fit in with the circus theme over there. They've got the, cir- the circus tent up around the queue. There are two Dumbo spinners, each with 16 Dumbos. We've got a total of 32 Dumbos. And they're pretty much exact replicas of each other. Are they different colored? I didn't look into the colors, but if I'm, you know, I don't think they're different. I'm not that I'm aware of. Yeah. I mean, okay. So all the elephants are the same. It's just that their little cape and their hats are the different colors. Right. Their little hats are so cute. I love their little hats. And their little capes. (laughs) They're so cute. They're so fancy. Yeah, they are. All right. We are going to talk about some fun facts now. And this is just kind of a general fun fact. Dumbo is the only attraction that can be found at all six castle parks worldwide. So that's kind of cool. It's not geographically limited. It's it's, it's timeless. Yeah. yeah, it's timeless, but geographically so. Yes, geographically yeah. timeless, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So now getting into some Disneyland-specific fun facts. Uh, in 1992, one of the original elephants was sold for $16,000. I feel like that's not that much for an original Dumbo elephant. Although that's $1992, so yeah. that's a lot more today. I wonder if John Stamos bought it. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. He probably did. Um, another elephant from the ride is in the collection of the Smithsonian National Museum of American History in Washington, D.C., uh, it was donated there in 2005 for Disneyland's 50th anniversary. Also, uh, Harry S. Truman, on his visit to Disneyland, he was the president at the time, he refused to ride Dumbo because elephants are the symbol of the Republican Party and Truman was a Democrat. Yeah, that's kind of a funny fun fact. Yeah. Um, okay, so at Magic Kingdom, here's some fun facts. Now that we have a second Dumbo spinner, one of them spins clockwise. It's the only Dumbo to spin clockwise, so they spin counter to each other. And so Fantasyland, you know, underwent its transformation in, like, the early 2010s. And Storybook Circus, that section of the park, began its soft openings in March of 2012, including one of the new Dumbo spinners. And... It At that time, it received the water at the bottom of the attraction, which it didn't have before because of the utilidors, which were underneath the park. It also has color-changing lights, like at Disneyland, which light up at night, but it does have more colors than Disneyland does. 
And um, the new, I'm sorry, the second Dumbo spinner was reconstructed next to the new one. And like I said, they rotate counter to each other. So that's why they're called dueling Dumbos. And it has a new soundtrack and artwork panels that tell the story of Dumbo. We're going to move on to talk about music. So at Disneyland, there is a band organ from 1915 that will occasionally provide music for the ride. Um, However, this is a very loud organ and it can be heard from over a mile away. So they don't use it all too often. The music, being that Dumbo is so close to the carousel, they pretty much use the same music. You don't want to have clashing Disney tunes. It's yeah. I feel like they just play the same area music all over Fantasyland at this point. Yeah, you might be right there. Yeah, and at Magic Kingdom, Storybook Circus just has the same music in that whole land area. So for Dumbo, they just have the Storybook Circus music playing. And then let's talk about fireworks and then the rain. So at Disneyland, Dumbo the Flying Elephant may close to accommodate fireworks performances. So it varies. Depend. That's actually a quote directly from the Disneyland website. So it varies, we think, depending on what fireworks show is scheduled for that night. Yeah, it depends what kind of pyrotechnics they're launching. Now, Magic Kingdom, it's open during the fireworks. And actually, if you're on the ride, you get a really great view of the fireworks. It's a fun fun ride to be on during the fireworks. And at Disneyland, it may close if it rains really hard. But it's not one of the attractions that will close regardless in the rain. At Magic Kingdom, it usually closes during the rain. It depends on how hard the rain is. You know, if it's sprinkling, eh, probably not. But if it's raining pretty hard, which more than likely it's going to rain hard, yeah. then yes, it'll close. Now, moving on to the queue. Uh, at Disneyland, as of 2018, the queue is covered. Hallelujah. Previously, it was a series of switchbacks in the sun, which was not fun. Um, but now it is switchbacks in the shade. Yeah, it's a much more pleasant experience. Yes. At Magic Kingdom, first the queue is covered outdoors, then you go inside a big, uh, like a big top circus arena kind of thing. If it's busy, you'll receive a pager from a cast member, which holds your spot in line, and then your kids can play in this big, like air conditioned play zone. That's like circus themed. There's like slides and stuff for them to play on while you sit and wait for your turn and then when the pager goes off you give it back to the cast member and you rejoin the queue go back outside in the covered area and go on the ride now do the kids sometimes have more fun in the play area than they do on the actual ride i'm sure that happens my child is overwhelmed and like does not want to play so i have not had that problem all right i'm sure other moms have my other my other child is too little to participate, yeah. so <laughs> have not had that problem, thankfully. Photo opportunities. Um, at Disneyland, there is a Dumbo elephant you can sit in located behind the main attraction, sort of near that um, organ that I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people miss that unless they yeah. walk over to that side. And at Magic Kingdom, there is a prop Dumbo as well. It's over like between the two Dumbo attractions or Dumbo spinners kind of in the back. At Disneyland, there is no lightning lane. Like I've said two other times this episode, where would you put it? (laughs) At Magic Kingdom, there is lightning lane. And it's a pretty easy one to get as well. 
I've been in line standby when they've let a ton of lightning lane people go and it's made standby really, really long on, on Dumbo. That covers all of our bullet points for Dumbo. So it's time for dueling Dumbos. Dueling Dumbos. <laughs> Let's talk about the views. CJ, you get to go first for this one. Uh, for views. Okay, I'm going to give it to Magic Kingdom because I like that you can get a really good view of the fireworks at night. Yeah, I think the only time I've been on Dumbo is at night at Magic Kingdom. Hmm. Not at Disneyland, obviously. I've been on Dumbo a lot at Disneyland. But at least since it got moved to where its current location is at Magic Kingdom, I have only been on it at night, and I think during fireworks. And that was really, really cool. It was also really, really cold, but that's a different story. So yeah, I think I'll agree with you on this one. For the design and number of Dumbos, it's easy, Magic Kingdom. There's literally double the Dumbos and it's just themed very well. Yeah. I'm also giving it to magic kingdom and it's not really about like the design of the Dumbos, but it's about the theme, the circus theme and how it fits in with the storybook circus area. It just makes sense. And the movie of Dumbo is about Dumbo being at a circus. So it, it makes sense. Lastly, we have the queue experience. And although Disneyland gets points for finally, finally shading the queue, um, this is a no-brainer. It goes to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Magic Kingdom is the winner on the queue experience as well. And I I don't remember if I mentioned this, but the play area is circus-themed too. So they even extended the theming into the play area. It's just a very well-done experience overall. Yeah. So in conclusion, Magic Kingdom Dumbo completely blows Disneyland Dumbo out of the water. It wasn't even close. Yeah, we lifted the lever on that one. (laughs) Flew up high above Fantasyland. Yeah. Dumbo for liftoff at Magic Kingdom. Yeah, Not, not that we don't love the Disneyland version. It's just, you know, this is this is a competition. And yes. there has to be a winner. So overall, for the carousel, we both said Magic Kingdom. Mm-hmm. We were split on the Mad Tea Party, and then Magic Kingdom wins for Dumbo as well. Are you surprised by any of this? Not really. I think knowing us, I think it makes sense. I was a little surprised, because we're both Disneyland people through and through, so I'm surprised we went with Magic Kingdom. Yes, but when you look at the differences... There's a lot of things that Magic Kingdom has done better for these specific rides. Yeah, that's true. I think the recent up updates to the Storybook Circus area really helped. And Fantasyland did receive, you know, an overhaul in the early 2010s. So I think that helped Magic yeah. Kingdom quite a bit. Yeah, I think if we were talking 10 years ago, we would have different opinions. Hmm. But the way that it is now... I mean, we're talking about it now. It's got to be now. So yep. true, true. Well, that about wraps it up for it our does. spinning around in circles episode. Yes. So thank you, everybody, for joining us as we talked ourselves in circles about the carousels and the Mad Tea Party and the Dumbo the Flying Elephants attractions. So let us know if you agree with us, if you think we're crazy. You can add us on Twitter, allegedly, and um, on Instagram, definitively. 
Both of those are at park2parkpod with the number two. You can send us an email, park2parkpod at gmail.com with the number two. And, you know, email us, give us a question, give us um, an episode idea, uh, tell us if we're right, tell us if we're wrong, tell us hi. (laughs) (laughs) We're we're lonely. We don't get a lot of emails. Just, you know, make our inbox not lonely. Um, yeah, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, leave a rating, follow us on Smash YouTube. Smash that subscribe button. Yeah, do do that, what she said. Do as the YouTubers do. <laughs> All right, next episode, what are we talking about? That's your line, actually. Okay, well, next episode, we are doing some stuff in the future. We are, we are moving. And we are flying. And we are driving. Into the future. That's right. We are talking about the Autopia, the Astro Orbiter, and the People Mover. You are so enthusiastic about this. Yeah. I mean, listen, Tomorrowland kind of holds a soft spot in my heart. I My son loves Tomorrowland. I have changing feelings on Tomorrowland. <laughs> Mixed feelings on Tomorrowland. Well, that's that's fitting because that you have changing feelings on it because Tomorrowland has changed so much over the years. So it it's has. appropriate. Yeah, and I know the People Mover doesn't exist at Disneyland anymore, so we're going to talk about the sad state of the rotting People Mover tracks in Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we'll also touch on, you know, when it was in its prime, too. Yes, and the rocket rods. <laughs> Ooh, the rocket rods. Hey, it was really great ride when it worked. When it worked. All right. I think that wraps it up. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Come back next time. We'll have more uh, hot takes. uh, Spicier than the the food that the ant makes in Big Hero 6. All right. See you next time. (laughs) All right. Bye, y'all.